Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Taylor Mofo Radio. Just kidding, it's not Taylor Mofo Radio, Taylor Radio, relax, relax. Uh, What I wanted to say is in this episode, I'm going to give you a coronavirus update, going to talk about some numbers, the spread around the world, Um, I mean the uh, Europe is about to deal with a huge outbreak, the United States is currently in the midst of a gigantic outbreak. I got inside word from somebody that works at a testing facility that we're about to send out a bunch of tests. Um, so we're about to have a skyrocket in the numbers, most likely. So there's that. And guys, I talk about what's going on here in Houston. So sit down, put on your humidifiers, get your ventilators ready. And welcome to another episode of Taylor Radio. Hello, hello, everyone. Let's begin. So the coronavirus situation has not subsided. In fact, it is only getting more intense. Um, Let's go ahead and run through some numbers. So to start off, let me just talk about how, while my computer boots up, because I... uh, clearly was not adequately prepared to begin. Um, The situation around the world has changed a lot just in the last few days. So Italy has officially announced a quarantine in the north part of the country in an area known as Lombardy. I don't really know much about where it is. I'm pretty much just rehashing information that I've read on the internets. But it looks like the central – it's the northern part of Italy. It looks like the northern central part. I've heard people say it is the um, – more of the manufacturing area of the country near Milan, I guess, is in there, included in that um, in that quarantine situation. And it's big news. I think I've heard multiple sources say that it's about 16 million people. And it's nothing to scoff at, nothing to laugh at. It seems very serious. When the uh, orders were announced that it was going to be – actually, the orders were leaked that it was going to be quarantined. And so uh, a lot of people were trying to leave the area as soon as possible. Now, the thing that's also interesting to me is the number of deaths in Italy is high. The number of deaths in Italy is high, and I don't know why that is. Um, so the the thing that's kind of puzzling is in uh, is the differences between the cases in Italy and the cases in South Korea. So Italy's case, Italy has several hundred more that are dead than South Korea as a result of the virus. And also a much higher proportion of the people that are confirmed. Now, part of that can be because of testing, but the fact that so many are dead is interesting to me. So, um, let's go ahead and check the numbers. Going to Coronavirus Worldometer, trusty Coronavirus Worldometer. And let's take a look. So the number of cases is climbing very fast around the world. Um, It is now 
at about 110,000 total cases and 3,800 deaths, which, you know, let's be honest, like that's not so bad, not the end of the world. We just – the biggest focus for me and for other people that are working on this problem is we don't want it to get out of hand. Right now across the world, things are manageable, and we would like them to stay manageable. So uh, that's the idea. Now, um, let's go ahead and talk for a second about the numbers. So South Korea – okay. South Korea has – uh, 7,382 cases and 53 dead. So they've added several more dead today. They went jumped to about 50 yesterday. Now they're at 53. Uh, don't get me wrong. Those are Their numbers are looking much better than a place like Italy. Italy has 7,300 dead. Seven, or not 7,300. 7,375 are infected. 366 dead. Um, which that is the worrying statistic, in my opinion. And Iran has about 194 dead, but the number hasn't changed in a while. And they also have, it's so interesting, Iran has a higher recovery rate than any other country, which is super skeptical. I mean, I don't believe that. I don't think anyone should believe that. Um, We've got the USA... We have a total of confirmed cases, confirmed, at uh, 542 and 22 deaths. Um, France has 1,200 cases and 19 deaths. Spain, 674 and 17 deaths. Netherlands, 265 confirmed, 3 deaths. So those are just some numbers out there for you. Um, basically the number of deaths per confirmed infected is pretty high. Uh, but you know, it hopefully will get better. So a lot of people, what are some rumors and myths? Rumors and myths. Sorry. Um, so what people are trying to say to downplay this whole thing is that, Hey, uh, once we get more cases tested, we'll find out there is much less deaths and many more cases. Uh, the problem with that is there is a lag in deaths of a few weeks. So you might have a cluster of people infected, and you might see um, some of them die two or three, four weeks later. And then at the same time, you um, aren't counting into a f- you aren't factoring in health-related problems that could. Um, increase their mortality down the line. So that is something that Taleb and uh, Nassim Taleb and Yanir Baryam brought up. And these are two high-level intellectuals working on this situation. And their focuses are the exponential, the, you know, it's not going to be exponential growth forever, but the current exponential growth of the virus and infection. And the uh, potential second and third and fourth order effects. So the additional effects could be things like overcrowding of hospitals, causing additional deaths, which could result in more economic damage, more deaths. So it's the idea is to preserve life in order to allow the system to bounce back and to be able to control the number of people that go into the hospital at any one time. So 
that is a big factor in controlling this uh, this outbreak, this situation. And the people – like in South Korea currently, people are saying, hey, look, there's 53 dead. There's 7,300 infected. So therefore, the death rate is super low. Well, the bottom line is is that South Korea has been testing tons of people. And once they start to have a decrease in the cases, say they start to add only a few cases a day and their death rate continues to climb, it's going to be higher than 0.6. It's going to – first off, you know, most people that are doing that calculation are doing it incorrectly. But it's going to be higher than 0.6 most likely. It's probably going to be over 1%, maybe around 2%, hopefully not any higher than that. And in the United States, we are flubbing – this situation big time. Absolutely, we are flubbing the situation. Um, and what I mean by that is we're giving out all the wrong information. So at the current moment, at the current moment, this outbreak isn't so bad in the way it looks because only a few hundred are infected, only a few tens have died. And so people are like, look, the flu's going to kill more. You know, this isn't anything to worry about. And the situation is dangerous because if it is allowed to go on unchecked, then yes, it could claim a lot of additional lives. You know, somebody pointed out on Twitter they're like, "Hey, look, 2.5 million people die." Every year in the U.S. And it's like, okay, I got that. So if an extra million people die on top of that 2.5 million, that's uh, – what is that? A 50% increase? You know, if if a, there's a 50% increase in the number of people that die in one year, that's significant, right? That's huge. Not only that, but you people aren't looking at the possible deaths from – the fact that hospitals can be overcrowded. That's something that we don't want to deal with in this situation. You don't want to be, you know, on my Facebook, I posted something where I said, um, reasons to get the coronavirus, to kill your pesky mother-in-law, reasons to avoid getting the coronavirus because you can spread it to a doctor or nurse who will have to be in quarantine for 14 days and won't be able to save someone's life. And that's for real. If the hospitals are overcrowded with uh, patients that need ICU support and the doctors and nurses, there aren't enough of them because they're getting infected and they have to go into quarantine. If that becomes a problem, then getting into a car accident is no longer a matter of staying in the hospital to recover. Now you get into a car accident and you might not even be able to get into the hospital because it's full of people that are on the ICU ventilators because they can't breathe. And that's another key thing. One of the key stats that we have to watch, we have to continue to watch coming out of Italy, is how many people are on uh, ICU support. How many people need to be intubated? How many people need oxygen? How many people need ventilators to survive? That's a real question. That's a real problem. In Italy, there was an article by The Independent that said that about 10% of current um, current cases uh, that are confirmed need ICU to recover. And that's a huge number, and they're having to build new ICU centers in Italy currently. And honestly, do we want to go down that path? No, we don't want to go down that path. So that's why I say – 
let's go ahead let's go ahead and reduce the number of people that get it and how can we reduce the number of people that get it it's actually pretty fucking simple avoid large crowds now uh, a lot of people think that it's going to be inevitable that it spreads and that is possible it's possible that it's inevitable that it spreads but the idea is to get less people infected in at one given time so if we can do that and we can control the amount of people that roll into the hospital sick then that will be a great thing okay let's take a break i'll be right back So to talk a little bit more about the coronavirus situation and talk a little bit about how it's affecting my life. So I'm in Houston and to be honest, you know, everything's really calm here. Everything's super chill. We have I think 8 to 10 uh, confirmed or presumptive cases in the Houston area including Harris County, Fort Bend County which is a neighboring county very close to Houston and – there's actually several cases of people being quarantined. I think a couple of people from U of H. There's also uh, two doctors that have been quarantined, several healthcare workers, about 11 or 12 healthcare workers at the Memorial Hermann Hospital have been quarantined. And that is a um, potential problem. So we don't, as I've said before, you don't want to take doctors off the front line. Now, what I find as a huge potential threat to the Houston community is the uh, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. The uh, Houston Rodeo is in full swing. And a lot of people uh, – currently, I'm in an awesome group online. There's an online team full of volunteers, scientists, business people. We've all connected online and are spreading information. People are doing data analytics all kinds of stuff to spread information, create awareness, create strategies, and create plans to get through the coronavirus uh, situation. And it's really awesome. And one thing people have done is they've created templates uh, to send out emails to representatives and things like that. So by the way, if you're listening to this, you want to send an email to your local representative. You want to spread the word, not the virus. Um you know, uh, send me an email at tayradio1 at gmail.com. Get on Twitter. Follow me on tstuch1. You'll find a lot of information there. And you can learn more about how to help in the coronavirus efforts as we try to contain this thing. Because quite simply put, the, uh, the U.S. government, world organizations cannot be trusted. They're simply not going to be able to um, do anything about the situation. They've shown complete incompetence. Really, they've shown that they are impotent in the face of a crisis like this. And this is why it is up to the local people. It is up to people in towns, in cities, in businesses to spread the word, spread awareness, You know, allow people to work from home if you can. Uh, change the way that your business is set up so that way you reduce the risk of infection. Uh, we need to change the way that we operate at a local level. So, you know, this is um, – and in the Houston Rodeo, 
is a gigantic event that goes on for like a month or something like that. It goes on for several weeks. And it is a uh, prime target for a super spreading event. A super spreading event is where many people get infected by maybe one or two uh, carriers. So that is what we are worried about. That is what I'm worried about. Like I live here in Houston and I don't want Houston to be overtaken by this whole virus situation. Now, how has it affected my life? It's heavily affected my life. So since I came back from Taiwan, it's very interesting, my, my relationship to this situation. One reason I am so active in this fight against the virus is because of how it has seriously affected my life in the last um, in the last year, and not the last year, in the last uh, two months, in the last two months or so. Because I was in Taiwan, and I planned on staying in Taiwan for six months. I planned on staying in Taiwan for six months to a year. And my plan was to work, save money, continue to podcast and write and try to develop new business ideas, practice my Mandarin, meet new and interesting people. That was the plan. And ever since, ever since this virus erupted out of China, everything has changed. Since the virus erupted out of China, I decided that I thought it would be safer for me to come back to America. Now, here's the situation. Because of fat tail risk, I still believe I'm correct. And what that means is, is in, when a, uh, if a large event were to hit, like say Houston, for example, in Houston, if there was a big quarantine, I'm better off in Houston than I am in Taipei. I believe. I could be wrong. Here's why. Because I know places to go. I know where to get out of town. I have a car. I can keep it filled with gas. There are more things in my control here in Houston than would I would have in Taipei. Also, since I have a car, I can go places by car. I don't have to rely on public transportation like the bus or the subway. Um, I couldn't really store food in Taipei because of my, where I was living. I didn't really have a permanent residence. And so here, I have places I can store food. I can store, you know, guns. I have guns. I have ammunition. I have a plan to get out of fucking Dodge when, uh, if shit hits the fan. And so I was wrong in the fact that it, that it would not spread here. But I actually, that was never in my calculation. It was very funny. In fact, since I came back from Taiwan in February, I came back in February, February 1st, I have been warning people about the virus and I was not, I didn't go back to Chinese classes uh, in Chinatown because I know that lots of Chinese people travel to and from China during Chinese New Year and I had a bad feeling that some possible uh, people from mainland China came to the U.S., could have been infected then. I also had a bad feeling that it's possible that Chinese people that are from America went to China and came back during the Chinese New Year, could have been infected. So ever since I've come back, I haven't gone out dancing, haven't gone out to bars, haven't gone out to clubs. And these are things that I would normally do. I normally go out every single weekend. I'm 28 years old. You know, like this is what you do. I'm a 28-year-old guy and I'm going to go out and have fun. So 
that's normally what I would do at this stage. But I did not want to be an agent in the spread of the coronavirus, and I suspected it had been in Houston for a while, so I held back on my activities. Then uh, about a week and a half ago or so, um, as the virus situation started to expand around the world and we started getting uh, a couple cases in the United States and Seattle, I decided to go ahead and, um, and to stop going to the gym. So I, I don't go to the gym anymore. I still haven't been to any public gatherings. I did go to a martial arts tournament last weekend, but it was a small tournament, not a huge tournament. Um, and it was in Austin. They don't have any confirmed cases there, I don't think, but they might. Um, so anyway, the situation has been continuing to develop, and the whole time, my life has been disrupted. And a lot of people might say, well, Taylor, 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 look, you are probably not going to get the virus, or if you do get the virus, you'll probably be healthy, you'll probably be fine. This is true. Probably true. The statistics work in my favor. I probably will be okay. I would probably only develop um, mild symptoms and it wouldn't be a big fucking deal. But if the situation, I said, but, oh, I said, but here's one of the problems is if I get it, I might be fine. But what happens if I get it and I give it to my dad, who is over 60, and all of a sudden, he starts to struggle, right? What if I give it to my dad or I gave it to my aunts or I gave it to another family member, they go see my grandparents who are in their 80s, and they get it and they die, right? Or what if I get it and I go to my friend's house and see him and you know his parents are older or somebody has a... Uh, some kind of immune deficiency or something like that, and one of them dies. And so this is the issue with the coronavirus is most people, okay, are obviously only thinking in very selfish terms. Um, I did have a discussion with a friend of mine I met traveling who informed me that you know they didn't think that the 3 or 4% was that high. Now, of course, 3 or 4% death rate is extremely high, um, and they also informed me that, hey, it's only older people that are getting it. And that's something I find on Twitter a lot. Um, lots of people on Twitter are talking about how – and even people that aren't young, like people that are 40 years old are saying like, hey, look, it's just 60 plus. Hey, it's just 60 plus people that are dying. And so people are trying to justify these statistics to say, look, we don't need to worry about this thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. I get it. Like I understand that people that are older are more vulnerable to sickness and you can't just change your whole life you know, for every possible thing that can make an old person sick. I get that. We already don't do that for a lot of things, for just regular you know, sicknesses that go around. But when you have a sickness like this that increases fatality by um, – you know, that increases the rate of fatality, the risk of fatality by – what, 20, 30, 40 times, and it's, and it's a very devastating disease on a large part of the population, it's like, look, man, when I'm 60 years old, I really hope that young people don't decide that my fucking life doesn't matter because 60 years old isn't that old. Yes, it's getting – you're on the other side of the hump for sure, 
But if you live to be, if you could live to be a healthy, you know, 80, 90 years old, you could live to, to, um, you know, you could live another 20, 30 years at 60, you know, if you get lucky and just continue to, to work hard and stay in shape. And so with that being said, I don't like the fact that people are shitting so much on people that are over 60. Like, yes, I do it as a joke all the time about OK Boomer, but I'm not out there trying to say, look, who cares if anyone over 60 gets sick and dies? Like, I know, I know, like, oh, there are, I mean, both of my parents are over 60, and one of my aunts is over 60, and my grandparents are over 60. Like, I mean, every, I know lots of people who could be heavily affected by this. And here's the other thing is, I'm 28. So a lot of people in my circle of friends are going to have parents and grandparents who fall in that vulnerable range who could live for another 15, 20, 30 years. And people are walking around and acting like this is no big deal, but they just don't understand, right? And so it's critical that if we want to control this thing, we have to alter our lives for a brief amount of time. Um, I, in Houston, I know people are still going to the rodeo. In addition to people still going to the rodeo, people are still going out and doing Latin dancing. I love Latin dancing, but I haven't done it in a month and a half, two months now, because I don't want to fucking spread the virus. So anyway, um, there's my update for today. That's my, my rant. Uh, like and subscribe on YouTube, Taylor Space Stutch. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, tstutch one for virus updates, lots of good information on Twitter. You can uh, go to my website, read my blog, tstuch.com, T-S-T-U-C-H.com. Thank you.